What's up? This is DJ Sentry. And this is the homie Casual. We're the host of the Hood Diner Podcast. And you are now tuned into Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Shout out to the Almies. Uh, they're having a baby and all that shit, man. Make sure you listen to the podcast. They're going to need them listens and shit. You know what I'm saying? Having a, having a child is an expensive thing, man. So, yeah, check them out. Part of the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Inner Circle, motherfucker. Peace. Order up. Order up. I see. So, do you sleep with a sound machine? Uh, fans. And we don't have a fan, so we have like a sound machine that produces white noise, but I can't live without it now. Like, I can't sleep in silence. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm like waiting for someone to come murder me. Yeah, once you're used to it, you got to have it. White noise? It's the sound of Gia's hitting the floor. That's white noise. <laughs> <laughs> white noise. It's the sound of yeah, guys yeah, marching yeah. with tiki torches. <laughs> Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party naked. Shit happens when you party naked. Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party. Naked. Hey, 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 motherfuckers. Welcome to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. I'm your host, Jason Almy. I have with me my wife, my co-host, my pregnant baby mama, Christina. What's up, Christina? Hey. Hey. hey, I love your little intro. You're just so energetic. It's just <laughs> like you, people can't see you do a backflip every time with that because you're just so fucking stoked. I know that's all I ever say is hey. Hey, yeah. And you're just like, it's like the hey. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I, I actually beat her if she says more than that. So I'm, I'm holding her down. I'm holding her down. Uh, we have joining us the host of the Po' Boys podcast. That motherfucker, Jody B. What's up, Jody B? Hey. Hey. <laughs> Too bad you're in Arkansas, you know? Hey, what does a gay cow eat? What does a gay cow eat? Hey. Hi. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to tell that one to my children. <laughs> the king of dad jokes, everybody, Jody B. Hola, come west on. What's up, y'all? It's nice to, t- to uh, speak to you this morning. It's been a little while, guys. <laughs> it has been a little while since we've, I mean, you were on the roast some weeks back. So I feel like we've been in contact. I don't feel like we're ever out of contact for very long, but it is nice to just sit down. I almost said one-on-one, it's kind of two-on-one, but it's nice to have just a small group discussion where we're focusing all of our attention on that motherfucker. Oh, I like that. It's one of my favorite things. I love attention. Give me some more, guys. Come on. Isn't that why we're doing this? Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't like attention, I wouldn't be putting my conversations out on the internet for others to listen to and possibly critique. Well, if you did, you'd be a psycho. That's, that's kind of how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's normal to be an attention whore and do this. It's when you don't want the attention and you do it that people are like, okay, um, what are we doing here? Have you ran into some people that claim that they don't really want the attention? Um, no, I think it's the people, they give you the, well, I don't, I don't care if you mm-hmm. listen or do this. Yeah, you do. 
it's cool. Yeah. But you know, you can act like you don't, and that's the 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 hipster thing to do. And I'm that I'm guilty of it. Yeah. You know, when I first started, I'd say shit like, oh, "I don't give a fuck if you listen to this show and blah blah blah." And yeah, no, I really I give many fucks. Yeah, <laughs> I give a lot of fucks. <laughs> I think I think that's just being real. You know, like I, I've met a few. I don't think I've met any podcasters or talked to any podcasters that actively claim that they don't give a fuck if they get like one listen because i just think that's that's just too blatant of bullshit to even try to pull off uh, you know like that's just what kind of fantasy world do you live in but i have met a few that were like i don't really like being on social media and i don't like being the center of attention and i really don't like being accessible and i hate the internet and i just want to like live in my cave and i always thought like that's doesn't that seem a little inconsistent with I'm going to produce audio content and try to get as many listens as humanly possible. Like you sort of do have to be like out there and like, Hey motherfuckers, I'm here. Listen to my shit. Here's a link. Like every, every other hour. Yeah. It's counterintuitive. (laughs) It's the exact opposite. It seems a bit, it seems a bit like that. I don't like getting a lot of attention. I guess that's why I'm a co-host. Yeah. That is why you're the co-host. That's why you're the second chair. (laughs) Cause she, she really doesn't. It was kind of like, uh, funny that you kind of fell into the podcasting thing because when i started you're like all right i got opinions motherfucker give me that mic because you mainly wanted to talk shit about me <laughs> i was talking to your dad and you're like let me let me in on this motherfucker. well i like talking and having conversation but the attention thing i would never have my own podcast yeah i don't think you would i don't think you would i would never be on a podcast if it wasn't for you so uh you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome world by the way well you're welcome world yeah that was to everybody not just christina <laughs> i i give i gave the world christina and her wonderful contributions <laughs> she's actually really good at a couple of things on the podcast though like i have i have never wanted to fire her and replace her um because she's really good at asking the uncomfortable possibly embarrassing questions she has uh, amazingly less shame about those things than I do. You'd think I was the shameless one, but she's got a couple questions for you, Jody B. We didn't, we didn't, um, we didn't get to ask when we were on your podcast, of course, because we weren't interviewing you, but now the tables have turned. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm in the backseat for this one, guys. And I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this is our first time of actually getting to speak uh, other than my show. And then me saying very hateful things. Yeah. This is like the first time we've actually got to speak. <laughs> I know. I know. It's wonderful. So with that, my first question, sir, is I've heard, you know, just that you got shot in the face, but I have no idea really the story. She's not on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter or any of those things. And I I don't really, I don't hear the podcast as much as y'all do. So I would love to hear your story. She wants to hear the tale of you taking it to the face. Would you like the long version or the short version? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if the long version has interesting details, I'd go for the long. But if it's not interesting details, I guess the short. <laughs> okay. So uh, when I was 16, uh, I was a, not an avid hunter, but being down here in the South, it's kind of it's kind of implied. Like if you don't hunt or you don't do what everybody else does, you're just kind of weird, I guess, depending on your your circumstance. And you're in Arkansas? I'm in Arkansas, and we used to hunt for food. <laughs> Let's be very clear. Like, when I was a kid, really? we would take other people's deer meat, they, they would give it to us, and then we would just keep it in the freezer so that we had food. So, it's I've been hunting for a long time at this point. Okay. Uh, 15 years, at least. You know, like, I've been going down there since I was a little bitty, bitty baby. I remember there was a football game the night before. So this was Friday night. We're in a, 
a town pretty far from where we lived, actually. We went down there. I got to play. I was so happy, guys. I'd been riding the pine. It was like third string. You know, it was like uh, your sophomore year. So you don't really fucking, you know, you, you get in, you play, you do good. I was on cloud nine is my point. That's cool. Is riding the pine mean you're just sitting on the bench? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it means. Um, unfortunately, I was I was fat and slow. There were some <laughs> fatter and slower people, but I just was kind of right in the middle. So, um, so I'm I'm trying to set the stage. I'm riding high, guys. I'm fucking happy. I had a great day the night before, and I get up and I go to our deer camp. It's like a two hour drive. I get there and. Uh, yeah. Hi to everybody. How you doing? Hey, how are you? So you unpack all that good shit. And this is the opening day of deer season for that year. This is the first day that you can use modern guns. Uh, you know, they've already been doing bow hunting and muzzle loading and shit like that. But this is the first like day you can use like the AK 47 and shit. <laughs> okay. Um, you always want to do a test run with your gun. That's kind of the rule of thumb is if you haven't shot it in a while, you want to take it and make sure everything's still working. So that was my plan get there unpack go to shooting range shortly after with my cousin so we go to the shooting range it's a pretty simple process you just shoot till you make sure that your shit is right and then you leave so we uh we do our thing okay and we get ready to leave and my cousin we're kind of standing at the front of the pickup we're talking you know just like hey man let's get this together so we can get out of here fine cool go get your shit let's go and he takes his uh, his shit, like his his coat, his boots, you know, all his gear, puts it up on the hood of his pickup, and he lays his gun on top of it, which is not an uncommon move, y'all. Like, I'm here to tell you, at that point, I had done it at least 10 times. I go to get into his pickup, and, you know, I I was smoking at the time. Uh, smoking I, what? Cigarette. Uh, yeah. I was underage smoking. <laughs> Uh, so I light a cigarette, I get into his truck and when I do, I shut the door real fucking hard. It's like an old big body Chevy pickup truck, you know? Yeah. Well, when I shut the door, um, it kind of, it rattled, you know, the truck a little bit and all of this shit started to slide off the hood. Yeah. So he's standing there, you know, like getting, getting his shit together, fitting to go, uh, do a couple more things. And he just happens to see his shit start to slide off the hood. So he's like, Whoa, he kind of reaches back, you know, yeah, to grab it. And, uh, yeah, when he did, he grabbed a hold of the gun hmm. <laughs> and, uh, it was loaded and it went off. Holy shit. Yeah. So, you know, one second I'm looking, I'm kind of assessing the perimeter, kind of getting in, you know, you get in, you shut the door and you kind of rock and you look around to see what's going on. You take a drag off your cigarette. And as I'm turning back to look out the front windshield, all I, I just pow, white flash, you know, my ears were ringing and shit. I didn't know what happened for like a split second. It was just, it's so fast and just mm -hmm. like getting struck by lightning. I've said it a bunch. Like that's, closest thing i can think it's yeah it's so intense <laughs> yeah and, and that's a good comparison because everybody experiences that right I that, mean, so that's like a really wonderful that's a really wonderful thing for analogy listen it's in your <laughs> mind right now i know you haven't been struck by lightning but i assume yeah. that you have in your head what that would be like which is all of a sudden yes i can imagine yeah like getting hit my fucking train. just out of yeah. nowhere yeah like god really doesn't like me i never went like all the way unconscious, I don't think. I definitely went out for a few seconds, like not like uh, wow, ten maybe. Because mm -hmm. immediately, like when that happened, is like time stopped. 
for a second. Like I remember it so clearly, guys. It's weird, mm-hmm. like to have that memory in my head. I mean, that's a pretty big fucking event. Like I can imagine that if you're conscious for it, that there's so much going on that you would really. I mean, that'd be a pretty crystal clear memory because that's that's pretty intense. It's like I hit the record button, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So, white light flash. And that was your cousin. Yeah. Wow. Still, still my cousin. I didn't divorce him or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't blame you if you did, though. Like, you can just imagine how he felt. He must have felt so. I met. Did it? Did he? Like, what was his response? You mean like right then, or like years, like uh, after? I actually want to hear both. Yeah. yeah. So immediately, what happened was, um, I fell over in the seat. Like, oh my god, I didn't go all the way unconscious, but I just remember like my body froze and I couldn't move, yeah. and I just kind of slumped. You know, like over into the seat. He's got to be thinking, oh, shit, I killed my cousin. I know, that's what I was thinking. He's got to think, oh, fuck, like my cousin's dead. Like I just fucking killed him. He probably saw it. Like literally saw the the fucking, the the bullet hole appear in the dashboard, hit me in the face, Mm. through the back. It shattered the back window of the truck. Wow. Wow. So just one second. So he saw that happen. Now... I wake up or I kind of open my eyes and I'm slumped over in the truck in the seat. And, uh, so my right hand got pretty jacked up actually. Um, my, my right hand is across my lap and I'm look, the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes was my hand. Now my middle finger is hanging by like a piece of meat laid over across my ring finger and my pinky finger, like kind of just laying there. Ooh. My index finger, which is your pointer finger, is pointing at me. Oh, my God. And I just see that first, and I'm seeing, like, meat and bone and fucking crazy shit. And I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. I thought it was just my hand, you know, because I couldn't feel Couldn't feel anything. You had just taken a drag of your cigarette, right? So is that mm-hmm. why your hand got fucked up, too? Yeah, it's because it, the way you hold your cigarette, yeah. when you take a drag, you kind of wrap your finger around it. Yeah. And if you look at the pattern on my knuckles, it's yeah. like that bullet went across my ring finger. It hit my middle finger square at the bone, and then it came underneath my index finger. Yeah. And just exploded. God damn, dude. I wake up, and the first thing I see is my hand. And I was like, oh, shit. That's not good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was just my yeah. hand. Is he like shocked or is this just transpired over such a short time? This is maybe a minute, like a minute of time. Okay. So, bam, fall over, see my hand. Holy shit. Look up. I see my cousin's head as he's standing there, I guess, processing what the fuck just happened. Yeah. So, I sit up in the seat and I'm still looking at my hand and I'm just like, fuck, man. This is, you know, I'm, I got to get, I got to do something. As I'd been laying there, I guess the blood had been pooling up in the hole in my face because I'm laying down flat. Mm. So when I sat up, you know, and I'm starting, I'm assessing mm. and I start to look over in like the mirror outside the window, you know, I look over oh there my God. and I see just my shit laid open. I was like, oh, oh fuck. And then blood starts running down my fucking shirt. And I'm like, oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> I can't even imagine it's weird because, like, it's almost like nothing changed. 
Like I didn't feel anything. It was just like a normal day, guys. Just like right now. Just imagine me, you're talking to me right now, except you have a gaping hole inside of your face and you're bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine once you see that, though, you start freaking out. Like if you don't feel it, that's one thing. But the minute you see that in the mirror, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like I didn't know what the back of my neck looked like. I didn't know shit. I just knew my hand was jacked and it looks like I can almost see my teeth. <laughs> from oh, shit. Wow. So... You know, I had seen a bunch of medical shit on TV, and I wasn't a stupid kid. And uh, I fucking, <laughs> I jumped out of the truck, right? Because my plan was, I'm going to tourniquet my hand, because I saw it was all fucked up. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my belt off, I'm going to tie it around my hand, and then that's going to be that. Yeah. Well, then I realized that my hand wasn't bleeding very bad. It was just fucked up. And then I realized my face was bleeding, and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I could tie the belt around my neck. And then you I'll, definitely uh, should do that. Yeah, you should definitely turn and get your head. Yeah, that's a good plan. It was a legit <laughs> thought that went through my head at that moment. Yeah, <laughs> and then I like, mm, no, it's probably not good. Yeah, because when you tie that belt around your neck, the erection kind of comes with it, right? I mean, I figured I could redirect all the blood from my face to my cock. Yeah, and the belt around my neck. <laughs> yeah, but then that's like a weird thing because you show up at the hospital, you've been shot in the face. There's a belt around your neck, and you've got a raging erection. I mean, that's just a weird. And I'm so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It's so cute that you both came to that thought at like the same time, and we're able to talk through that. Yeah. so at that point i'm just like oh fuck we gotta you know we gotta get to the hospital or something i don't know and uh, we've never really had a problem like this before guys and all my you know years of going down there i can't recall ever having to go to a hospital or some shit like that i think my uncle cut his leg once with a chainsaw like grazed it and I don't know yeah. that they went to the hospital. I think they just went to a doctor. Yeah, my dad but, did that one time. Yeah, I mean, they'll kick back. They'll kick back and they'll take a couple of layers off your skin. You know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. you gashed your leg, but it's definitely something you need to get uh, medical. Yeah, you just say hi to your shin bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we jump in the truck. I tell him, I'm like, dude, we got to get to a hospital right now. So we get in the truck. I, he had a couple T-shirts like laying in the seat. So I took one and I wrapped it around my hand, you know, like kind of double it up. And I tucked my hand up under my armpit, mm-hmm. clamped it down, you know, under there trying to keep pressure. And then took another shirt and I balled it up and I pushed it against the side of my face and I leaned on it. So I didn't even put my seatbelt on. You can just imagine right. I'm sitting in the passenger seat of a truck. Basically, it looks like I'm really cold. <laughs> like you're just sitting there kind of keeping yourself warm. Yeah. Now my cousin's dad was kind of a, you know, the responsible guy. I guess he was almost like the camp leader. Yeah. He came back there and uh, he was ex-military stuff. Like he, he knew some shit. And when he came out to the truck, he was just like, okay, you know, how are you feeling? You know, can you feel feeling in your fingers and toes? And I was like, well, most of them, <laughs> except, for, except for a couple digits I'm shy at the moment. But yeah. Mm. yeah. And he was like, yeah, y'all just got to go. Uh, go to the hospital right now. <laughs> so yeah. I got to ride in a car. Um, probably, I don't know, 15, 20 miles to the nearest hospital. Damn. What do you like stop at all the red lights or do you just blow no. through them? I mean, no, 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 no. This was, uh, we were in a, like a 1970 some odd Chevy pickup, uh, hauling ass <laughs> down the highway. 90 miles an hour, probably. And matter of fact, we weren't sure where we were going. We just knew which direction to go. Damn. So we just 
bolt to, tore ass out of there. And as we're coming down the highway, we see a couple of those police officers on the side of the road talking, you know, doing that shit where they kind of do their cars facing either direction, like sitting there. Yeah. We see them. And he's like, what should I do? I was like, get them. Cause we don't know where the fuck we're going. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're going to get pulled over either way. Cause we're, we're doing 90 on a highway. So he fucking whipped his truck off the, the highway there into that gravel patch, man. And I thought, I'm pretty sure they thought we were going to kill him. Like just the way we came off, yeah. you know, and he kind of slid up into that situation and they were freaked out. They kind of both looked up and he was like, he's been shot. We got to get to a hospital right now. You know? So they circled up and they, they gave us an escort to the hospital. That was nice of them. It was a weird thing because like my cousin was freaking obviously mm-hmm. and he kept wanting me to talk to him, which makes <laughs> sense because in most things they're like, you know, keep the person talking, yeah. keep them calm, all that shit. Yeah. You okay, buddy? You do Are you all right? You know, my, my jaw is hanging open at this point and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk right now. Were you in a lot of pain? No, not really. I mean, my hand was kind of like a, like a dull pain, like a throbby kind of thing, you know? But I didn't feel anything in my face because I'll come to find out what happened later. I'll uh, I'll let you hear that one too, <laughs> and why. Would you sever a facial nerve or? Yeah, 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 real bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we make it to the hospital. He goes inside to tell them to come get me. I sat there for a few seconds, but I was just like, maybe I should just go in. Yeah, you know, I was like, wouldn't it suck to to have gotten all the way to the hospital and then just bleed to death in the car? Like, I'm like, no, I'm gonna. Go in. As you didn't get shot in the legs. You might as well go in there. Right. <laughs> so I'm walking all hunched over with my T-shirts and shit, walking up to the door. And uh, they meet me like halfway with a gurney. And they're like, come on, you know, sit down, lay back on three. And I think that I made it to like, <laughs> and I just fell over. Yeah. And I was like, I'm here. Yeah. Tag, you're it. <laughs> <laughs> they took me in. They started cutting my clothes off, which is an interesting thing. Uh, they got really sharp scissors in the hospital, man. I had I had some new clothes that I just bought, like some camouflage and some uh, Under Armour. Yeah. And sh- as a matter of fact, I think I got to look like I was some kind of a faggot when they cut my pants off and I had on these shiny blue fucking stretch pants underneath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, so they cut all my shit off. And uh, that's the first time I got a finger in my ass. Uh, they had to check me for internal bleeding. That was the first time? That was the first time to on record at 16, so I guess, you know, okay. I don't know if that's early or late. but <laughs> So they check for internal bleeding through your bum? Yeah, actually, that's how they check it. And I was like, well, you know, I got shot in the face. I don't understand how this is all connected, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> okay. He did light a candle. Now that I think about it, that's a little weird. Maybe the candle was a little much, but I didn't even think you were supposed to light stuff in a hospital. I think I've been bamboozled. It's weird that 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 doctor came in pushing a mop and everything like that, and he leaned the mop against the corner before he did the rectal exam. It was really it was really an odd moment in the hospital, but I think it was a very technical thing that they had to perform. All up in your booty hole. Somewhere right around there was when the drugs started flowing. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. So I remember the finger in the butt. I remember a couple people coming in to see me, like over the course of a few hours, I guess. I couldn't have been there more than like, say, five or six hours. They take me outside at one point, and it's dark now. So it was like three o'clock when this all happened. Now we're going outside. It's dark. It's cold. I'm on a uh, hospital bed, but I'm also on a backboard, like one of those flat plastic motherfuckers. 
no clothes, covered up with like a gown. And uh, basically, I'm about to be meta flight, like helicopter lifted from uh, Camden. Mm-hmm. Oh, no shit. And let me tell you a little something about me. I don't like heights. And I'm not a fan of like being tied down. Yeah. It's just one thing. I don't know if it's like maybe my, my grandma tied me up as a kid. I don't fucking remember everything. I know it was bad. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just a natural thing to not want to be tied down, but I really, really don't like it. I think it's kind of natural though. Yeah. yeah. I don't like being pinned to the ground. I don't like anything that makes me to where I can't get up. I'm in a six point buckled uh, backboard harness. Oh shit! So I got seat belts across my chest, my belly button, my hips, my ankles, and my forehead. <laughs> wow! Goddamn! They load my fat ass into the helicopter, and I know this couldn't have taken more than thirty minutes. You know, because it's very fast when you're in a helicopter. It seemed like it took eight hours. I kept asking the fucking guy. I was like, "We're almost there yet?" <laughs> He's like, "No, no, buddy. We still got a little bit." Like, okay. The only part of my body that I could move were my feet. Mm-hmm. So you imagine like the whole thing happened and now you're trying to pass it. You're extremely uncomfortable and you're in a situation that you know you hate. <laughs> and the only thing you can do is at the ankles, you can move your feet back and forth. Yeah. Like you're walking <laughs> like a kick in your little feet. That's all I could do. Yeah. Like a little swimmers. Yep. And uh, I rode to the hospital Got there, and that was when I saw my mom for the first time, like since everything happened. Is she freaking out or what? Oh, yeah. Oh, I imagine. That's her baby. You know what I'm saying? You're her baby. Oh, no, dude. There's so much other deep-rooted shit that I can't even open up right now. And it's, uh, so my, my grandma called my aunt, told my aunt to call my mom to tell her to meet us at the hospital, but not to tell her. Anything that had happened. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So my aunt tried to do that. And my mother, uh, you know, <laughs> basically informed her that if she didn't tell her what was going on or what had happened, that she would drive to her house and kill her. <laughs> she was like, you tell me what the fuck is happening right now. Yeah. Oh, shit. So my mom showed up to the hospital like an hour <laughs> before anybody else got there and was waiting, <laughs> stewing with all that information. So yeah, looking for each helicopter. Like, is that my Jody? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fucked up. I'd want to. I'd want to know what the fuck was going on too. Like, right the fuck away. Like, she should be the first person to know. You got to lead what's with, going on with her kid. But you got to lead with like, Jody's okay. Mm-hmm. He's all right. He's not dead. Right. But he's in the hospital. Which at that point was, you know, debatable. <laughs> I mean, were you in critical condition? Like, were you or were you stable and they were just trying to, you know, fix it or? They got me stable. It's a few hours into the initial hospital visit. But um, it was still kind of dire. Like, the, they never hit arteries, but I was bleeding and I was injured like very badly. And there was still a lot of stuff to put back together that was going to involve being around a lot of things that, you know, you have to be very careful with, and, you know, arteries and veins and shit like that. Mm-hmm. When I saw mom, like we came off the helicopter, we went into an elevator yeah. and then we went down a few floors and then my mom and my grandma got on. So we roll out in the hallway. We're going to surgery. That's where we're headed. And they're just walking next to the bed and I'm talking, but I'm on drugs, you know, so I'm not really in it. I'm just kind of remembering little pieces. I told her that I loved her, you know, and all that good stuff. And 
she said that after they wheeled me into that room, mm-hmm. uh, she went to go get back on the elevator. And apparently at some point during the ride, I had coughed or shifted or something like that. And I started bleeding again and they didn't realize it. So basically when she walked into the fucking elevator, there was a puddle of blood on the floor. And then she looked up and she said there was a trail oh, of it that was going down the hallway from where I just came off the thing. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. So that freaked her out real fucking good. Yeah, I imagine. And then, yeah, man, after that, it's not a lot. I remember um, waking up a few hours after surgery, and they were giving me, like, an MRI. Like, I'd been slid into the tube and uh, yeah. started throwing up, like, blood. In the, in the tube? Mm-hmm. And I had a mask nice. on. Uh. Yeah. So, like, all I remember was kind of coming to and getting sick. And then I remember, like, throwing up and seeing, like, blood and shit coming out of those little holes on the side of the yeah. mask. So I started like, you know, like kicking my feet and shit, trying to let them know that I was awake. And they fucking pulled me out of there and pulled that shit off. And wow. yeah, God damn. Then I woke up the next day, <laughs> man, you kind of wish they'd like sodium pentothal you up. So you wouldn't remember all that shit. Cause that sounds like some really fun stuff to reminisce on when you're falling asleep at night and everyone else is asleep and the house is quiet and you're just like, Holy fuck. I almost died. Um, I try not to think about it too much. I don't blame you. I have the whole sequence, and that was just that. So, I mean, there's plenty more. You know, the next day I woke up with my hand bandaged up. I looked like a club. I had, uh, you know, hoses, and they gave me a tracheotomy. I have a scar on my neck where they cut my throat open so that I could breathe out of a hole in my neck so I wouldn't disturb the... Mm-hmm. micro surgeries <laughs> they had to perform in my jaw and basically yeah. what happened is the bullet um it took off one of my fingers fucked another one up it shattered my jawbone at the l joint like mm-hmm. right at the elbow of your jawline it just blew it out and uh yeah so i've had like three reconstructive surgeries right now there's a steel plate or a titanium plate in there about 13 screws yeah, it looks like a bike chain. Mm-hmm. Very similar to a bike chain. It looks just like a bike chain. When you showed me the X-ray, I was like, "Fuck!" It looks <laughs> like he's got a bike chain in his in his chin in his jaw. It was a um, crazy experience, man, <laughs> and it's one that I don't think a lot of people have. So I find that interesting. That's just me. Right? That sounds like a crazy experience. Next motherfucker that I have on the show that's like, man, I went skydiving one time. It was a crazy experience. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Go talk to my boy Jody. All right, you want to fucking come on here talking to me about jumping off a fucking airplane and a parachute goes off and then you fucking land and that's your fucking Saturday. Get the fuck out of here. My boy was shot in the fucking face. Don't come on here talking about crazy life changing experiences because you went and fucking, I don't know when to visit Tibet or some shit and you climbed a fucking mountain. Fuck off with your mountain story. This dude got shot in the fucking face. And I have total recall. <laughs> and that movie. Not the Get Through Mars movie. Yeah, which is a beloved classic. So uh, thank you, Christina, for um, I think your uncomfortable story has really uh, satisfied her curiosity. That was a- Yeah, what was that, like a 15-minute story? That's... <laughs> It's, that a, was, it's a crazy story sorry. though I, I have one like follow up yeah. so like being 16 and going through that did that have like a significant I imagine impact you know like the rest of your high school like did you go through any periods of like you know kind of like self pity or depression or anything or like were you just you know resilient in that way and just dealing with this fucking crazy 
wound, injury. If I'm being 100% honest, um, up until that point, I, I had experienced a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma from different times in my life, be it my grandma, who was just a sick person, just, you know, and uh, I don't know. Like, I think all that other bullshit made me kind of tough enough to realize, like, we just got to get through this, bro. Like, just put your fucking head down and keep moving. Yeah. And uh, I think being 16 definitely helped me physically because, obviously, you're young and vibrant and you can bounce back from shit, you know? I don't think people fucked with me a lot. That's a crazy story. Mm-hmm. And you got to think, like, you know, I went to a, a decent high school, uh, population-wise. People knew who I was. And now I'm the guy that got shot in the face and lived. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent, like, two or three weeks out of school. And I remember like I went back just one day randomly and uh, I walked into uh, my drama class. They would meet in the auditorium. Right. So I'm basically like the king of this motherfucker. Like I have the ultimate excuse. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody saying shit to me. I'm walking the halls with a fucking tap. Like, dude, I'm leaking. Like I still have drainage and shit coming out of my stitches. This is the most gnarliest shit. Damn. And I'm just walking through the hallways, man, saying hi to people. There was one dude. His name was uh, a a family of uh, Middle Eastern cats called the Cassises, right? There's like 12 of them. And they still live around here. If you fight any of them, you have to fight all of them. They'll beat the fuck out. It's crazy. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. Right. <laughs> one of the older brothers, his name was Nihad. And I'm, fucking, I'm walking the hallways, and I see big Cassis walk around the corner. And he saw me, and I saw him. And he... Double took me. You know what I'm saying? Like he walked around the corner, had that look. He looked at me. He stopped. He turned around and his eyes got real fucking big. And he was like, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he walked up. He gave me a hug. Like we all played football. So that was the deal. And wow. so, you know, he fucking, he hugged me. He was like, I'm so fucking happy. You're, you're, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, stopping by for a little bit. And he's like, cool. You know, so people knew, you know, people had talked about it, I guess. And then I walked into my, uh, my drama class. They were in the auditorium and yeah. I came in like the back, the, the actual entrance opened the big fucking door and I stepped in and they all saw it was me and they started clapping and shit. I no was shit. like, oh, that's hey, not yeah, awesome. it, was, dude, it was a interesting couple of days. That'd be funny if you, uh, you walk into the, the drama classroom and they just want to fuck with you. They're like, Oh, um, I'm sorry, sir. The, uh, Auditions for the Elephant Man were yesterday. Uh, you have to you have to leave yeah, now. We've sure. already selected the new guy to play the Elephant Man. I love it. You're like, who the fuck? Oh yeah, you're that guy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty method. You got shot in the face for the role, but I'm sorry, we can't. Uh, we can't. Turns out we can't afford you. <laughs> we can't afford you. Yeah. So for my listeners who don't know what you look like, anybody anybody who's listening to this, like uh, we should mention that you're not like Freddy Krueger, you're not like horribly disfigured to this day or anything like that. I mean, um, I think for somebody looking at like a photograph taken from like the right side of your face, Mm -hmm. like you could tell there's a scar there on your jaw and stuff, but, uh, it's not like, it's not like half your face is hanging off because of the, the nerve being severed or something like that. Like you can still move your mouth and eyes and shit like that. And you've like successfully managed to reproduce and have a, a wife and a family and shit. You're not like a, 
you're not like ostracized to a, uh, a like a small shed somewhere and people yeah. are like babies cry when they see you or something so well hold on now uh, that's that's happened a few times uh wow <laughs> this is okay. a long listen uh from 16 so, so happened when i was 16 that was november and then my final surgery that i had was 2005 august so like two years a little over two years in I've had all these surgeries. Wow. I had a problem. I kept getting infections. So, like, I've had different times now where I've had open wounds on my face. Like, just a hole with funk coming out of it. And I don't... Y'all, dude, I can tell you some shit. I'm not going to get into it, (laughs) but... This is about to become an ASMR podcast with me just gagging, like... Oh, I can okay. I didn't realize it was like that. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, I used to gross my friends out. I'd fucking you could just push on it. Oh my and just god, stuff would come out. I'm gonna say stuff. Oh, I would have been oh so god. ripe for that. Like you would have fucked with me so hard. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was I had a screw that went through one of my gums when they did all the the, sur- the hardware input installation, and uh, I was getting an infection that was. It caused an abscess tooth. Oh, that sucks. Those things suck. So we were talking earlier about nerves. When the L section of your jaw, a lot of your face nerves run down that in almost like a coax cable. Yeah. Like there's one big fat nerve that divvies out into thousands of little ones as it goes down into your face. So there's a lot of feeling that I just don't have there. Like I can poke this shit with a knife and I wouldn't feel it. Damn. Even right, right now. Um. So, I had an abscess tooth. I didn't realize it because I couldn't feel it. Yeah, you don't feel the abscess. So, my first surgery failed. The fucking hole never sealed up. They put stitches, staples, all that shit. It never closed. So, then I go in to get an actual bone graph. I've had two chunks of bone taken out of my lower legs to, to do a graph. And the first one didn't take because of the goddamn infection. So, I had the same doctors for the first two like the initial surgery and then the first reconstructive surgery. And that one didn't take it. Like the, the, the wound never closed and then it started to open up. Mm. Jason, I pulled a piece of bone out of my face. Oh God. Like a chicken bone. When you leave it like bacon for hours and you just kind of grab it and twist and then pull it out. I pulled a piece of bone the size of your pinky out of my face. Oh God. Wow. Now I'm hungry. Christina, write this down. We're going to go to KFC for lunch. <laughs> I'm gonna hit KFC for lunch. That's I'm feeling crazy. I don't know why I'm feeling like um like some chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bone in. Yeah. So after that I switched doctors and that doctor realized he goes, Hey man, just so you know, <laughs> you have an abscess molar. We're probably gonna go ahead and take that out. And then after that I got a pick line. And I, somebody was it one of you guys? You guys ever had a pick line or somebody you had on explain what that was? The pick line's gonna deliver the antibiotic, right? Very much, yeah. A pick line is basically an IV that lasts more than three days because technically an IV port uh, after three days becomes compromised. So this is a long-term intravenous drug port that they put in your fucking arm. Yeah. I had one of those, and I took liquid antibiotics (laughs) for eight weeks. Wow. Every morning I have to get up and mix like a, a little tube of powder and saline solution mm-hmm. shake it up draw it into a needle stick it into a bag and then hang it up on a gravity drip line and then hook a little pour it up 
20 minutes sit there and watch that shit just leak in. It was so strong, Jason. The shit would knock me out. Wow. Dude. <laughs> strong. Did the antibiotic fuck with other, like, did you get like GI distress or something like that? Because it's like killing your gut microbes or what? I don't think so. Um, in fact, I think it was quite the opposite, to be honest with you. There was like 10 years that I didn't even get a sniffle. <laughs> My goddamn immune system was was equipped with fully automatic incendiary rounds, <laughs> and nothing would penetrate that shit. Damn. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, we're super glad you're here. Yeah, yeah me too. That's no. quite the story to be able to live through and tell about. Uh, thank you, thank I'm, you for sharing too. Yeah, dude, thank you, thank you for sharing. I know this is like what the like 400th podcast you told that story on, or are we up to 500 now? It's probably if we're talking legit numbers. Honestly, it's probably the 20th time I've told it on a podcast. It's probably the 3,000th time I've told it in real life. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me at all. I like telling the story. Uh, of course, over the years, I've had to adjust it for some folks because it used to just be, well, <laughs> and now I can actually, you know, try to put a little bit of humor into it and try to That's make good. you figure some shit out for yourself and giggle when you go, uh, 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 yeah, I get it. Fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> you ever feel like embellishing it? Like, I was in Afghanistan or like it was a, I was an undercover cop and I was buying drugs and we were trying to get this drug kingpin. And so they realized I was, they saw the wire and they fucking started shooting and I took one in the face, but then I shot him and his fucking head blew up and I fucking arrested the motherfucker and we busted fucking, what's his name? Guzman or whatever the fuck, you know, like El Chapo, El we fucking Chapo. busted him, man. We took him down, but I got shot in the face. My partner didn't make it. Yeah, I lost so many good men. No, um, the only one that I've ever embellished is, so I have a, an array, a collection of scars, if you will, uh, yeah. that range all over my body. Um, some of them look interesting. Like the one on my lower leg looks almost like a shark bite. Yeah. Like it really is just like, what you would imagine a shark bite looks like. That's what it looks like. Sweet. So sometimes I have told people that it's a shark bite just to fuck with them, you know, and inevitably I do mention, I'm like, no, 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 that's it's from this. <laughs> but, you know, you say like, well, I got shot and I got bit by a shark. Hey, look, I've been stabbed over here. Isn't that fucking crazy? And I'm like, we're going to go uh, bungee jumping this weekend. You want to come? <laughs> you want to come? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, thank you. And deleting I'm his here. number. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so, Christina, did you have another uncomfortable question to for Jody to learn more about his history? Let's get into the good ones now. What you got? This is standard shit. Uh, <laughs> that was standard. This is this one is is uh you know it's just another one of those light getting to know you questions that as I was. I was talking about you with my wife because, of course, she's not on Twitter, so she doesn't get to have all of the, like, uh, I guess, the getting to know you conversations that we're able to have in our in our uh, DMs and our groups and stuff like that. So she's like, um, I'm like jogging her memory. I'm like, yeah, we talked to Jody last year. We're on his show. He's going to come back on, you know, and I'm I'm describing you to her. And she's like, oh, fuck, I got to ask him about the, the getting shot in the face part. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got to ask him about. About how you got a felony. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt like for a while, those two things were kind of the same. Like, like those happened, like you were in a gang or some shit and you got shot in the face and a felony like at the same time. But these are kind of unrelated things, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a few years that uh, separates these two particular incidents. 
It's not something you mind talking about, is it? Because I can always, we can gloss past this. I can edit this awkward question out. Uh, it's just my wife is curious about you. No, not at all. It's If you want to know me better, then it helps to know these stories. Uh, we do want to know you better. We want to get to know Jody B. I tell you what, let me go grab some coffee and let me do that. Let me uh, reset just real quick. Okay. All right. Well, Jody takes a tinkle and gets the coffee. I want to tell you guys about PodCoin. PodCoin is a podcast player app where you can earn coins while you listen to podcasts. You're going to listen to podcasts anyway, so why not earn some coins while you do so? You can then donate those coins to charity, or you can cash them out. You can get a gift card to some place like Starbucks or Amazon. Anyway, check out PodCoin. PodCoin is excellent. Go listen to our show, Shit Happens When You Party Naked, on PodCoin, motherfucker. You'll find the rest of the Inner Circle uh, Podcast Network podcasts on there as well. Go check us out on PodCoin, baby. Also want to tell you guys about official clothing. That's O-H-F-I-S-H-L. Go to official.com. They got some badass clothes, man. They got badass uh, snapbacks. They got some badass bracelets. Um, I ordered some gear from there. I'm going to be all decked out. Next live show we do, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be hood vibing, right? O-H-F-I-S-H-L. Save 20%. By using the code word S-H-W-Y-P-N, which I understand is not actually a word, but an acronym. But type in the letters S-H-W-Y-P-N when you check out at official.com, O-H-F-I-S-H-L.com. Check out their swag, man. They'll make you look good. I, uh, I just heard that song for the first time the other day. Riley was texting me and he said, this Old Town Road song is fucking blowing up with the millennials. And so I was like, all right, well, let me go check this shit out. Like he sent me a link to it and I went and listened to it. Did you hear that one or the other one? Cause that's a remix. This is the second version. Yeah. Yeah. You played the second version and and this is my first time hearing the second version with Billy Ray Cyrus, but the, the original version was the one that I heard. Right. And he basically just says, thing. nobody can't tell me nothing like 30 times. Like all I got from the first time listening to the song is it's two minutes of him saying, Old Town Road, I'm going to take my horse down to Old Town Road. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell um, me nothing. <laughs> and I, honestly, I'm a little sheepish to admit this. I'm, I'm not even sure what that means. Like, can't nobody tell me nothing. Does that mean like, like, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to fucking pay attention. Like, don't tell me what to do, motherfucker. Because, like, I feel like somebody could tell me something. Like, hey, I need directions to the hospital, sir. I have been shot in the face. And that person could tell me the directions to the hospital. I would be very appreciative. I would say, thank you. This person told me something quite useful today. can tell me something. No, so, like, a person trying to explain to me what it's like to have a near-death experience would be me going, can't nobody tell me nothing. (laughs) I think so. You're like, I have already lived that, my friend. So it almost seems more like you would say, like, I relate to a degree with which you do not fathom because I too, sir, have been shot in the face. I think you need to start uh, a, a bit on your show where you break down rap lyrics like this and uh, explain exactly what's being said. Can't really yeah, tell me nothing is actually. Indeed, sir. There's nobody. Indeed, in sir. <laughs> I'll translate it to the Queen's English. That would be mad crackerish of me. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I would be just mad honky-ish. <laughs> God damn. It'd be one of my favorite things. Mm. Yeah.
I could explain them to Christina. She'd be like, what does this mean? I don't understand. What does it mean to beat it up like a punching bag? Well, yeah. What, what does it mean <laughs> to beat it up? I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't know, would you? You just married to me. That's right. I would know what that would be. It's a supreme insult. Mm. All right, let's jump back in. Okay, let's jump back in. <laughs> in the words of my wife. Um, okay, so first and foremost, uh, I'm perfectly okay talking about this because okay. this, is, this is a known thing. I have taken care of it legally. And uh, in the state of Arkansas, it's treated like it never happened. <laughs> but I see. Oh, and, and also, like, if you really didn't want me to know that you were a felon or that you had a felony charge, I probably wouldn't know because I, I think I only know because you mentioned it. I didn't, like, go punch your Social Security in and do, like, a background check on you. I looked for your nudes. I mean, I, I, I really – I looked around. I really scoured. Oh, those are hard to find. Those are yeah. I wasn't able to find anything. I was trying to fap last night, but I didn't. I didn't like look up your criminal history. I have a picture of my balls. You could probably look that up. You'd have to look hard, but it's in there just to give you something yeah. to go for over the rest of the weekend, Jason. I got okay. my face with you. I feel like that's a good Sunday activity. So, um, Christina, once upon a time, uh, <laughs> I was not such a great guy. Uh, I really. I don't want to say I had no direction, but there was a point in my life where I was just kind of just drifting, you know, um, I was as young men often do. Right. I mean, it it wasn't out of the ordinary, but for me, it was like a different headspace because at this point I'm all alone in the world. (laughs) You know, I don't have a lot of people except friends. And, uh, so, uh, at this point I had an on again, off again woman that I've been seeing. She was 40. I was 18. Whoa. Um, Robin, Cradle. Oh yeah, I got, buddy. I got mommy issues, real bad. Did she teach you things? I mean, that is, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. She did. Like uh, you learned some shit from that woman. You can do some magical things with those four digits. So uh, <laughs> we're at the an on again, off again. At this point, I was living with a buddy of mine who, up until a few re- years ago, was like my ride or die. Like you know, we since high school uh, had yeah. best friends. We went everywhere. I found out recently that it, I think it was more of a symbiotic relationship. It wasn't mm-hmm. really, yeah, like we kind of both were shitty people that used each other for a while. I see. And uh, so we're living together, and basically it's a place for our friends to come hang out and do drugs with us. Now, I want to say this pretense. There are some drugs that I've never fucked with on purpose, but there are a few that I have. Uh, pot, definitely. Uh, and this was a point in my life where I wasn't really fucking with pills, but I had, and I was very aware of, you know, their effects and the street value and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And also we were doing cocaine at this point. Uh, I would like to say that I am not a a Coke fiend, but based on this, uh, couple of months (laughs) that we were getting a good deal on some cocaine, uh, it's probably a good thing that, that, that shit is very expensive because yeah. Yeah. Uh, cocaine is a wonderful drug. I don't know if you guys know that, but I do not. Yeah, I've stayed away from it. Like, you know, I drink a bunch of caffeine before I do these podcasts oftentimes mm-hmm. to just get like hyped up. It like puts me in my zone. I used to do the pre-workouts before lifting and shit. So like the caffeine is like, that's like my jam. Like I think I might like that particular drug even more than like alcohol or weed or other like substances that I have used in my past. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if I ever did Coke, 
it would just be like I couldn't I would never be able to step away from that and I'm I'm not trying to fuck my heart up worse. No, and you have good reason not to, but what I'm saying is, you know, they t- they try to freak you out about drugs. To be honest with you, yeah. It's no different than a good caffeine buzz. It just makes you feel good for however, you know, 15 20 minutes, then you got to do more of it. Damn. And the problem is is you get so used to feeling good that you want to feel good all the time, so you just keep doing it and you keep spending money and so on and so forth. <laughs> so that's that's kind of irrelevant, but I, I have to say that because it's a very big reason, part of the reason why this whole thing kind of happened. So we're like two months into this. We've been doing blow off and on, you know, just kind of drifting through life, banging chicks, fat chicks too. Oh, Jason had a couple mm. not good ones. <laughs> <laughs> real not good ones in there. Fat bitches need love too, man. Oh yeah, they do. Uh, so what do you do? Just roll them in flour and look for the wet spot, or um, no, no, I'm like a hound dog. I'll find it. <laughs> I'll find it every time. Don't worry. I'm like the bloodhound. I'm so glad to be on with this part of the conversation. Sorry, <laughs> honey. No, no, no. I have to give you this so you understand where I'm at at this point in my life. I'm just mm-hmm. piece of shit. Up, it's valuable context. Picture. Piece of shit. We live in a double wide trailer on the outskirts of Little Rock. Anyway, my buddy works for a company that deals with packages. I'm going to remain nameless. I see. But a place where packages are moved from one point to the other. And uh, he comes across a large quantity of, of Oxycontin. Ooh. And it turns out he, uh, he procured them <laughs> from his job. A large quantity. The big bottle. Now, at this time, those pills are very expensive. Yeah. I think, dude, $70, $80 a pill street value for these. I think they're like 30 milligram Oxycontin, 80 milligrams. I don't remember. It's years ago. I've had some experience with drugs. I understand how to how to sell them. And, you know, first things first, we got to find somebody who wants to buy some drugs that we don't use, you know? Yeah. So we're asking people, and uh, I come across a guy who I don't know very well, but he's definitely in the circle. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, his name was Todd. Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Todd. We take this large quantity of pills, and in two days, we flip it. We find Todd and one other person ends up buying this large quantity of pills. Now, I have another friend in the equation his name is is Valley. That was his last name. Mm-hmm. He'd been around us for a few years. He was kind of a sad kid, you know. I think his older brother took all the shine, uh, and he was like uh, a step kid kind of. So it's just you know, he's a redheaded stepchild. There you go. Sort of like middle brother syndrome type of thing. I felt bad for him because he did a lot of things for attention, you know. And it's just like it, it sucks. But he, and I know he's got a good heart. At the end of the day, he just parents just don't like him very much. It's a couple days now. We flipped all these pills. I'm hanging out. It's the afternoon with my roommate, Valley, and a couple other friends. We're playing Guitar Hero. You know, we just made like two or three grand yeah. in two days. You know what I'm saying? So we're it's Christmas, baby. Let's do this. We uh, play around, and I end up going to stay at my girlfriend's house, the older chick. Hmm. The next morning, I wake up, and I get a phone call from Valley's mom. And she just is like, hey. I go, what's up? She goes, uh, I haven't spoke to Brian. Uh, have you seen him? And I said, well, no. You know, he was at my house yesterday. 
But, uh, you know, I'll let somebody know, you know, to have it. Maybe his phone's dead or something. I don't know. know? And she's like, okay, we'll just have him call me. I go, okay, fine. Get up, go to work. Now, my roommate was working at the package place. They were at the point of the year where they work overnight from like, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 to fucking four or some shit like that. I'm on my way to work and I get a phone call from my roommate. It's like 7 a.m. And I answer, and I go, what's up, dude? He goes, Valley's dead. I said, what? Mm. Fuck. What are you talking about? He goes, dude, I went in the house, and he's dead. Mm. What happened? I don't know. I fucking, I left for work. You know, I tapped him and told him, you know, to to call me when he woke up. And uh, I just came home, and he's, he's on the couch, man. He's dead. Fuck. So... I uh, I tell him, I'm like, all right, don't do anything. Don't don't call anybody. Don't fucking do anything. I was like, go in the house. Because we had like paraphernalia. We had bongs and pipes and shit. I mean, we're mostly potheads, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all I could think was, dude, you got to get that shit out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I said, go in there, get that stuff. And he's like, I'm not going back in there. I can't. And I go, okay. I guess I'll be there in a few minutes. So I haul ass to my house. God damn. Come ripping in the driveway, man. And he's leaning up against the back of his car. And, uh, I still remember the look on his face. Are you already seen a ghost? You know, just a yeah. shock. Oh man. So I go in my house and, uh, yeah, sure enough, my buddy, he's just laying there and, uh, he was, he was blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he fucking, he'd probably been there for hours. And, uh, I remember my buddy's dogs were in their kennels and they were barking, you know, freaking out. Yeah. I checked him, you know, I checked his pulse and he, you know, obviously that was when I realized I went to kind of touch him, like to move him and he was fucking stiff. And I was like, Oh shit. Mm. So I covered him with a sheet and I got the dogs out of the house. Cause I figured they would shoot him. <laughs> like if somebody came in the way, it was a Rottweiler and like a little puppy pit bull or something like that. I said, these, you know, and I go through the house and uh, I basically, when I went in, you know, my buddy, Nick, he was leaning against the car and I said, I grabbed him by a shirt and I said, look at me. I said, give me five minutes and then call the cops, call 911. Cause I'm thinking the longer we wait, the worse this is going to look, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a legit, just what happened. Yeah. And uh, I go in, dude, I grab like bongs and shit and everything. I throw it in a box in my closet and I cover it up with shit, you know? And I go back outside and, uh, yeah, just then like the ambulance pulls up and I'm like, okay. So they go in, they look and they come back out and they're like, okay. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to get a whole team of people in here. If you guys just want to stand over here, you know, we'll probably have some questions just to, to figure out what's going on. I go, yeah, no problem. Fine. Well, then yeah. the detectives show up <laughs> Yep. and then the cop car show up and all that good stuff. And they separated us. They put us in different cars. Yep. Cause they want to question you independently to see how your stories jive. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I didn't realize is I had passed a police officer when I was hauling ass mm-hmm. to my house. So he saw me and apparently it didn't jive with the timing. Like they looked at the moment, I guess that he saw me versus when we called and they were kind of like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> 
they checked my buddy's medical records. I remember that because that was one of the things the detectives asked me. They were just like, so he doesn't have like a heart problem or anything, does he? And we were like, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. And they were like, well, it just doesn't seem normal that a 19-year-old kid, you know, with no problems would just die. And we're like, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, what do you, what do you want me to say? I, was, I wasn't here. Always weird when they ask you questions like that, like, yeah. My buddy died. I, I I don't know if he had a heart attack or what, but yeah, it is weird for a 19 year old to like die in his sleep, but I suppose this shit happens. Like, is there a knife wound on his right. chest or something like that? I mean, like probably he, he either died of something that we, no one knew he had or, or somebody knows more than what we're talking about. What's going on. Exactly. Right. So what happened? They came to me shortly after and they said, listen, you have to sign this document that says that the coroner can go inside and pick up the body. Like it's a, you know, a, uh, what did they call it? Like a permission thing. Mm-hmm. That was a search warrant. <laughs> no shit. Oh, are you serious? Those motherfuckers. Those it. motherfuckers. I signed it and they went in my house and they tore it apart. Guys, they found every. Well, they didn't find. There was one pipe they didn't find. Actually, it was under that couch that he died on. <laughs> I found it yeah. uh, a few weeks later. So they just found a bunch of paraphernalia. Did you have other drugs? Did you have like drugs in the house? I would think the bongs wouldn't be so bad, but they're felony charges. Yeah, the bongs are felony charges. Having that's paraphernalia, ah. having paraphernalia that's been used is worse than having the drug not used. <laughs> uh, really? Oh yeah. That's so stupid. Having, you could have an ounce of pot. You could, okay, maybe an ounce is a little more. You could have almost an ounce of weed in your car, and it's less illegal than having a roach in your car. It's just the way it works. <laughs> oh. Wow. Damn, so you dude. got a, so the felony was related to all the shit in your house. So what they do a lot of times when they want to make something stick is they go through and they just hit you with a shit pile of them. Every little thing they can get you for. Yeah. My buddy had guns. <laughs> um if you have guns and drugs in the same place, that's a yeah, not good. And simultaneous possession mm-hmm. of narcotics and a firearm. That's a felony charge. Maintaining a drug premises after we told them, you know, that this is just yeah, our buddies come over and we smoke weed and stuff. Yeah. Maintaining a drug premises. Uh felony possession of paraphernalia possession with no not with intent because that we didn't have hardly anything but so there's other factors that come into this so the mirror that we had used our coke off of previously we weren't doing coke at the time but we still had the mirror in the house that was found <laughs> um, Damn. they searched my buddy's car and he'd been like i said going to work at like through 2 a.m and shit so mm. he'd been taking adderall it was somebody else's Adderall that he bought. So he had somebody else's pill bottle in his car that had Adderall in it. Adderall is a felony to possess, too, because it's amphetamines. Yeah. So by the time this was all said and done, guys, I mean, they they booked us. They hooked us, threw us in the cars. I did find out something kind of fun is if uh, you're in handcuffs and your nose starts itching, you can lean over and scratch it on your knee. That's about the only way that you can do that. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, they took us in. And so we're talking about, you know, that morning I got up and basically saw a buddy of mine that I had been through some shit with. 
for the last five or six years, stiff as a board on my, my fucking couch. And now I'm being taken to jail, processed, you know, all this shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's a bad day. It's a fucked up day. What, in, what do you do with the couch afterward? I mean, do you keep that couch or do you like, I feel like I'm the type of person like, look, I, I know it was a new couch. I know I bought it six weeks earlier. I know it was a thousand dollar leather sofa, but I got to I got to offload this couch. Like my buddy's dead body was laying on his couch yep. and I don't feel right getting a blowjob on his couch anymore. You know, I'd have to unload that couch. Oh, a fun story. It's funny that you mentioned it. Uh, if you would like to see what that couch looked like, you can watch that 70s show. Yeah. Uh, the yellow, like the, the fucking mustard yellow couch that they have in their living room is exactly what that couch looked like. I took it off somebody that was moving out of a house. And yeah, I didn't want to keep the couch. So no. I took a knife or a razor blade and I fucking sliced all the cushions up and I put it out on the curb. <laughs> oh, so nobody else would take it either? Like slice the right. cushions so nobody else... That's what you're supposed to do with mattresses when they have bed bugs. If you don't set them on fire, you're supposed to take a razor blade and cut them. Like you're, you know, yeah. don't let somebody come pick up your nasty fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would agree with that approach because, um, you know, like I'd have some fun posting that shit on Craigslist. Like, right. you know, L- gently like, used, <laughs> gently used. Only one person died on this couch. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to hang onto the couch and. Dude, that sucks. I got mixed feelings about the cops kind of like, I I definitely have mixed feelings about them duping you into signing a search warrant. Like I kind of feel like I don't blame them for wanting to search your house because I need to determine this kid's cause of death and whether or not you were culpable. Like, well, okay. So here's, here's the deal in his pocket. We didn't know he had stolen some of those Oxycontin. Oh shit. We thought we sold them all. Now, Valley had a pill problem. He likes snorting Soma. You know what Soma is? I imagine with bodybuilder stuff, you might. Soma's a muscle relaxer. It was really popular with like wrestlers and shit. And the thing is, you build a tolerance to them quick. So there are people that just take handfuls of these motherfuckers at any given time when they're abusing them. The thing you don't realize with muscle relaxers is your heart is a muscle. Yes, it is. Yeah. If you take too many fucking muscle relaxers, your heart will relax so much that it can stop beating. It's very, yep. very possible. F1. So is that what happened? Pretty sure that's what happened. It seems like it seems like where they duped you into signing that search warrant, you could like turn that around. No, I dude. So there's so many things that you think you know about getting arrested and charged that you know you watch cops and you're like, you didn't read my Miranda rights and all this shit. It doesn't fucking matter. They they. They run the game. Gotcha. So it's kind of hard <laughs> to have an upper hand on them when they run the game. Yeah. And it's not like the prosecutor's not buds with the police. I mean, police no, and prosecutors tend to be buds. And, you know, you'd have to really have some shit for the prosecutor want to drop charges. The lady that interviewed me was, she was amazing. She was like Nancy Grace. If you can imagine sitting in a room with Nancy, this is what she looked like. God, I hate Nancy Grace. She looked, she looked like Nancy Grace and she fucking, she talked just like her. God damn. And she was very good at her job. Yeah. So she, dude, she got me to spill the beans so fucking hard. Now I will say this and I remained to this point in my, my psyche, you know, I could have rolled on my buddy Mm-hmm. I could have been like, that's all him. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah. But because I wasn't even there when I, I don't know 
you know, I don't know if he was ODing when he fucking left for work and he just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of things that I feel like I could have just threw my hands up and been like, nah, I had nothing to do with that and probably could have gotten off pretty easy. But I maintained, you know, this, that's my pot stuff. You know, I don't know what happened here. Da, 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 da. Then they said, well, we heard this. And I go, all right, well, I guess y'all know the deal. <laughs> and I just, dude, I sang like a bird. No shit. Oh, it taught me a lot about the law enforcement. <laughs> you, they, they really want you to feel like they're there for you. And I feel like a lot of the, I don't know, like a lot of the, like the public perception of cops is that like, they're there to protect your community and shit. And you're like, oh, I feel good. I like these police officers because they're like, you know, even if they kind of pull me over and give me a ticket and that sucks, but it's like, well, those guys might be those street cops. They're out, they're serving the community. It's the, the fucking detectives. <laughs> the, need to worry about yeah like their their job is not serving the community their job is to get you to say incriminating shit and they're really good at their jobs yeah they and yeah they stick around they're good at their jobs that's what the shit that always gets me is like man i know they want to search your place like i know that they want to do that and that's part of their deal but it's like like duping you like that just feels so like slimy you know what i'm saying like it just feels just fucking dirty. Like I got nothing against cops. I usually get along quite well with police officers, but it's like, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just a nasty thing when they like, they make up a lie to get you to sign a piece of paper. And it's like, why? Oh, that wasn't the only one, Jason. I'm dude. So later on what, during this interrogation process, here's the thing. You've heard me ex- describe two different stories to you right yeah. now. That should give you enough of an inclination that I'm very clear headed when I have certain memories. Yeah. Right. That lady, <laughs> told me that my buddies, my roommate at the time, Nick, his ex-girlfriend had come up there and given a testimony, you know, whatever the fuck you want to testify thing saying that she knew, you know, what we were up to and who we sold the drugs to and all this shit. That's what she told me. And I, so dude, when I got out of jail that night, I was pissed. No shit. Shit, That bit called me to try to check on me. And I was like, fuck you. Don't you ever call me again. You know what I'm saying? I didn't say, like, I hope you die, but I was just like, I know what you did. Don't fucking call me anymore. Yeah. You know? (sighs) After, no. Okay, so before the trial, they have to do the thing where they give you all the evidence and shit. Yeah. You know? I found out that my buddy told them what happened. His girlfriend never even came up there, or if she did, she didn't say anything. Yeah, my buddy's the one. I have the fucking written. Uh, I have the the what's the the transcript? Yeah, of both of our interviews that day, which I know they doctored that too, because there's some questions that I know were asked that aren't in that, and there's some answers that I gave that aren't in that. Yeah, but yeah, that just goes to show. They told me that his girlfriend had rolled on us. Yeah. Then my, his girlfriend didn't do shit. She got called in there, and, and I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He rolled, so they lied to me <laughs> to get me to fucking like try to turn on him. And I just, you know, it's it's a real slick game, man. <laughs> it seems kind of fucked up. Like I, you know, like you want to believe that they're putting the bad people away, and um, like that they're doing good work. But it also just seems like the process that they have designed here, like this whole game. Almost seems like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna use that to put some bad people away, but you're probably gonna railroad some okay people. Like like you today, like you're a good dude. You got a wife, you got a kid, like uh you work for a living, like you're a legitimate fellow. Like 
if you were in jail right now for some bullshit that they pinned on you, it's like, is that right? I mean, versus being a guy with a, a family, raising a family and working a job and paying his taxes and shit, it seems like you're not a drain or a threat to society right now. Um, yeah. In fact, you're probably doing good things to the economy by participating in it. And like, uh, no one should fear Jody B. Like if they're in an elevator alone with you, you're probably not going to stab them or anything like that. But I might stab them with my cock. With maybe with your cock, maybe, but fear the cock. Yeah. Only if they look like grandma. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> only if they're about 22 years older than you. But like, it just seems weird that they they use this system to kind of like you you want to bust the bad guys, but also like, hey, this. This Jody guy, like, we need to fucking lock him up for. But they forever. probably couldn't ignore it. Like, if they did a search of your house trying to uncover what happened, and yeah. then they find all this shit, they just can't turn. You know, so it seemed like it was. There's two sides to every story, guys. I mean, that's yeah. you know, I was in court the day that his parents showed up, and you know, so I call it white privilege, call it overcrowded jails, call it getting an attorney. I don't fucking know. I got lucky. I ended up with a sleazeball attorney who obviously realized that they were just trying to throw shit against a wall. Yeah. Got me off on a plea deal. Uh, one felony possession, controlled substance, one misdemeanor possession of uh, uh, paraphernalia. Yeah, that seems fair. I mean... It was like 12 charges. And that's what they ended up being able to get stuck was for the uh, for the amphetamines because that's the law. It's a felony charge. So so did so after that event, not to um, take up too much time, but after that, did it put you on a you know? Did it help you clean up your ship? I was kind of on the way out of it at that point, but obviously we moved out of that house. I moved in with the chick that I'd been dating and yeah, you know, I didn't really fuck with any other drugs and I, I hadn't really up until that point, just pills and Coke. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But that kind of scared you off the pills and Coke too. Well, uh, so I got like three years probation and like a fucking $1,500 fine. And then I had to pay for court fees. That was like seven fifty. Had to pay the attorney. He was like a couple thousand dollars. So yeah, it, it ended up costing some money. And uh, yeah, you get on the straight and narrow, man. You got to go and see a PO and shit. Like, uh, I mean, you don't have to. You chose to, though. I think yeah. some people, you know, go down that path and they still they don't learn from them and they fuck shit up still. So. Well, if you, if you don't want them to come and arrest you, then yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Luckily it was, my, I'm a probation officer, not a parole officer. So, you know, yeah. uh, had to pee in a cup a few times. I have a mugshot. They have my DNA in the system. So if I ever decide to uh, cause any more mischief and I bleed <laughs> at the scene, they will find me in exactly yeah. one minute. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Shit. And I can't own a yeah. firearm. Even now, after having everything sealed, I, I got it sealed. So it's like okay. it's treated like it never happened. I can go to a job and on the application, I can put, have you ever been convicted of a felony? No. Okay. That's good. But the, uh, the gun thing is like an ATF thing. I say Federal thing. So hypothetically, if I wanted to hunt, I could probably go hunting because you're not going to run into cops very often. You might get a game warden here or there, but like police, you know, yeah. there should be no reason. Yeah. But, Unless you're traveling with the gun to go hunting and then. Right. But maybe it, they pull you over on your way. That could 100% happen. So that's yeah. why I just, I choose not to. I don't want to have that issue.
it's funny that it wasn't getting shot in the face that really made you quit hunting. It was the felony. Uh, you can't own a gun anymore. I love guns. I yeah. love shooting guns. <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't have them. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel you there. So shit, man. My wife got to learn all about Jody B today. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Holy fuck. That's quite the story. I wasn't intending for it to be like such a serious show, but I think it was just because we got to know kind of more about you. So um, I even learned some things that I didn't know, and I've chatted with you pretty extensively over the last several months. There's a lot there, man. You know, it's a a lot of experience in a very short amount of time. (laughs) It's like you live this whole life. So uh, just to kind of like, I guess, maybe end things on a uh, more kind of happy, positive, or maybe even funny note. um, Obviously, we are having a kid. Everybody knows that. Christina is 22 weeks pregnant today. Today is... I'm so happy. I know. We're we're thrilled as well. Christina, how happy are you about that? Very happy. Yeah, Christina's very happy. I actually felt the baby kick for the first time last night. I had my Mm -hmm. hand on her tummy. She's been feeling the baby for a little bit now, but um, it's kind of hard to feel the kid from the outside when it's like a one pound kid you're gonna see that kid roll over in like another couple of months it's gonna be real weird <laughs> yeah that's what christina said like her her sister's got a couple of kids so she's more familiar than i am with like late stage pregnancy I, i've never really been around uh like pregnant women before as my first kid so uh but she says you can like see it moving inside them and shit like that it's like an alien waiting to pop out like um sigourney weaver movies i heard you say something uh i think on your last episode about uh pregnant porn yeah has, oh yeah has that struck you yet you, you looking at pregnant chicks yet because it got me not up until my wife got pregnant and then after like i dig pregnant chicks i don't know it's yeah. weird <laughs> yeah, like I haven't I haven't had that so far. Like I mean, obviously I'm aware of pregnant porn, but it it's never been something that I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that does it for me." You know what I mean? Um fucking it's a lot harder <laughs> the bigger you like. It's it's not like midget eskimo porn. Yeah. <laughs> the midget eskimo porn is kind of like where I'm I'm like locked into that right now, but um you know, I'm definitely curious about that pregnancy porn. I feel like I need to show some to my wife and like really just let her know what reality is. Right. Have you, have you felt the urge to get gangbang? That was the thing that he saw the other day, apparently, because that's how pregnant <laughs> chicks roll. <laughs> that's how pregnant chicks roll. I mean, in my imagination, at least. So, but you're a dad, right? You got a kid. Yeah. Like I was going to ask you if you could give any fatherly advice to me, like how to not piss off your pregnant wife mm-hmm. Or how to not piss off your wife after she's given birth and maybe like, hey, here's some cool things you can do with a kid when they're crying or whatever. Like any dad advice. I just kind of wanted to pick your brain and see what you thought about the matter. You got a pen? <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to clack the notes down on the old keyboard. I'm just going to get to clacking over here. Rub your wife's feet. Rub your wife's feet. Okay. I do rub her feet sometimes. Yeah, I often go. rub her hand. She likes it when I rub her palm. So often, There's going to be a lot of... A lot of weight and a lot of feet. Yeah, uh, action, a lot of walking, mm. a lot of shit like that. Yeah. She's really going to appreciate that, especially after the baby comes out, because that's the thing is that's a lot for your body to go through, yeah. and then oh, shit. you get like, dude, you get like three days, and then people are like, get your shit together. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, so the best piece of fatherly advice I can I can give you two. Okay, it's you have to understand that you as a father are going to tune the baby crying out. That's going to happen. I don't know why we're, we're better at it. Guys can just tune shit out. Yeah. 
What there was that? Times, yeah, right. Huh. There are going to be times where you're going to have to take that baby away from her because there's something in her brain that when she hears the baby cry, it gives her anxiety. Yeah, I can see that. She's already kind of anxious person as mm-hmm. it is. There, she's going to be trying really hard. And guys, sometimes they just cry. There's not, they don't know how to talk. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're happy or sad or pissed or whatever. Like you just have to understand they can't make any other noise. So they cry. Yeah. It's like their only communication. So there's going to be moments where you as a father and as a husband are going to have to say, Hey, let me have the baby. Just chill out, you know, and give her a moment to fucking step back, you know, and, and take time because dude, there's going to be moments where you're going to want to kick that fucking kid across the, the house. I'm not playing and you're going to feel like shit. When you have those thoughts, yeah, you have to understand that everybody feels it. It's anxiety and sleep deprivation and shit. There's a lot of things that go into it, but you just have to breathe and just keep going. You're gonna you're gonna learn about your patience. That's what this is. This is a big fucking patience test. Yeah, it's like an endurance thing, right? It's like a marathon for your fucking soul. <laughs> it's like a. Ma- it's like an ultra marathon for your sanity. The week after, we ended up having to take my kid to the hospital. No shows. No, not even a week. It was three days. Yeah, because he didn't eat, and my wife wasn't really producing milk. They didn't tell us to start feeding him fucking formula, which I know sounds really stupid when you say it out loud, but there's a lot of things that they're just not going to tell you. Yeah. going to be like, all right, there you go. Uh, so three days in the kid's not really eating and some things are saying like, well, you know, they're good for a couple days. Like, you know, when they're first born. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had to go to the hospital with him. So here it is three days. We've been parents for three days. The kid has hardly eaten. My wife's not producing. We're not sleeping. I dude, I'm sitting in an emergency room triage thing, like literally falling over. Like I'm passing out sitting up. I'm so fucking exhausted. Yeah. And that's going to happen. <laughs> so you just, mm-hmm. I really be very selective about your team of people that you're going to have around. If there's family members or people that just, you kind of don't jive with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with them for a little while. You need your fucking a team. So that's wonderful advice. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the, the biggest thing that I can tell you. And and we're only three years in, so I don't, I don't know, you know, if this is right, but everybody has kids, you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a method. Everybody has whatever. Not everything works the same way. Every kid is different. So there's going to be moments where people might say things. Some people are going to get shitty with y'all. And I hope you're ready for that, no dude. Shit. There's an onslaught of people that are... You having a boy or a girl? It's a girl, right? It's a girl, yeah. Okay, so you're not going to have to deal with the circumcision Nazis. Hmm. Um, so breastfeeding, that's going to be a big one. You're going to have a large conglomerate of women, which is kind of rude, because you would think you'd be supportive yeah. and try to help. But no, they're going to be really shitty. And they're going to be like, you know, you should do it this way. And don't supplement with dude. Everybody's going to have an opinion of what you should do. And the fact of the matter is, is if you're spending as much time paying attention to that kid as you should be, you should know what's working and what's not. Try something. If it don't work, go on to something else. Yeah. You have to adjust. (laughs) That's kind of the, the moral of the story is there's no right way to do it. There's definitely a wrong way. 
but there's a whole lot of right ways. <laughs> so you just kind of have to see what okay. fits, mm-hmm. what feels good. If your fucking kid is on a sleep schedule where they're not sleeping, you know, normal hours and shit, then guess what, bitch? Neither are you. <laughs> you, you sleep when the kid <laughs> sleeps. That's how that works. I feel that. I feel that. But you have a boy, so you did have to deal with the circumcision knots, as you call them. What, what's the story there? I mean, I know there's a lot of, like, obviously, um, the, the common thing for the last, I don't know, centuries in the West is, like, I'm circumcised. Most, I think most men are, but maybe, like, these days, it, it's starting to, like, fall into this negative light where it's like you're, it's like genital mutilation, you know what I'm saying? So like, what was your, well, what's the story with that? You, you had to deal with that, right? I mean, we did. And I, I didn't have much input into it. I didn't even really look into it till after. So, I mean, I guess I kind of feel yeah. bad now, but I'm cut. So is he. So I don't know. There, uh, I, there yeah. was a gay man, a gay man who told my wife that it was actually uh better appearance. He's like a, is a gayman? Is a gayman like a gay shaman, like a gay shaman? He like reads the the future and shit, but he's gay. He actually might have been a gay shaman. Now that you mentioned, yeah, he's a gay <laughs> shaman. Which is, you know, I mean, they, they they make him in all kinds. You don't have to be straight to be a shaman. But then we looked into the research, and you know, it's just kind of mixed reviews. But it seems most people think that it's barbaric, and it's like, okay, maybe I don't know. I wanted we, to ask you this too about having a a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how much shit do you think I'm going to get in if we name? We won't do this for the girl, obviously, but I'm thinking the next child is going to be a boy. How much shit do you think I'm going to get in if I name the boy Harambe? <laughs> well, he's going to have a very interesting porno movie in about eight years. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if I get him circumcised and name him Harambe? Like, I'm going straight to, uh, uh, like... Um, white nationalist prison, right? I mean, they're just going to like, they're just like, fuck this guy. He named his kid Harambe and circumcised him. Harambe Almi in dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> dicks out for Harambe. Dicks cut for Harambe. Fuck. What if I, what if I adopt him from Africa though? I mean, that seems kind of like, would that be legit then? Or are people going to be like, that's even worse. Like yes, you adopt a kid from Nigeria and you named him fucking Harambe. But then I could say like, he was already came that way. His name was Harambe when I got him. Yeah, I say just do whatever you want. That's the moral of the story, guys. Can't nobody tell you nothing about parenting. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You do what feels good, and that's how you're going to get by. And just know, we're all rooting for you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think that's a good note to end on, man. Yeah. I think that's a good note to go out on. Would you like to remind people where they can locate you, your podcast, your online uh, yeah. personas, social medias and shit. Sure. I'm not that hard to find actually, uh, at Pod at Jody B 501 on Twitter. That's the only social media platform that I have. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. And if you'd like to find the show, open Google and then say po boys podcast. And I'm the only one. So my shit. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think if you type in Jody B and podcast, <laughs> I'll probably be the only one that pops up there too. It's weird. So yeah, just find me, get at me, listen to some shit, you know, get at him. I recommend listening to the Po boys podcast. You're on my weekly rotation and I recommend that everybody else get you on their weekly, weekly rotation as well. Cause it's good shit. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks man. I got to have you back on. Cause I feel like I crossed off several topics for time today. I feel like I got shit for us to chat about in the very near future. My brother. Hey, man, anytime, uh, Miss Chrissy, uh, 
peace be with you. And I hope that, that you're ready. And I hope that you have a lot of fun because uh, it's definitely going to be an adventure. And you guys are going to find out some new shit about each other. <laughs> yeah, we're going to learn some yeah. shit. Gonna, I feel like I'm going to learn. No, you're going to find new levels. And can I tell you one thing that's just my own personal observation? Fuck yeah. Uh, after your wife squeezes a person out of her vagina or after they cut it out, I don't know how it's going to go. And that's a new thing. That's just yeah. go with the flow. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you're going to have a new respect for her. It's going to be, it's going to change your yeah. life. You know, she's probably not going to suck your cock anymore. And I don't know how much she does it now. Oh. I'm just telling you, I think that once a woman, once a woman squeezes a person out of her body, she pretty much doesn't have to suck dick anymore. I call it blowing a head yeah. gasket. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in your car after you have it for about <laughs> 10 years and you put about 200,000 miles on it, you blow the head gasket. <laughs> and, well, uh, shit. You're not going to be able to say shit about it. This is going to be the way it works. And when it happens yeah. on your birthday, maybe, you're going to be like, well, that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to me. But this is me telling you that you're going to have to deal with it. And this is me letting Christina know, like, you're going to get in the club when you have the kid. Like, you can just look at him and just go, nope. And he doesn't get to say mm-hmm. shit about it. So, <laughs> congratulations, Aww. guys. We're growing up. <laughs> Fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's finally, finally an adult. Well, thanks for your words of advice. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Hey, you guys have a wonderful Sunday. And uh, you as well. Holler at me, man. It was nice talking to you. I'll holler at you, bro. We'll talk to you soon. No doubt. All right. Hang up, motherfucker. All right. All right. That's it. That's the episode, everybody. uh, Go check us out on Twitter at SHWYPN, on Instagram at Party Naked Pod. Hit me up at jason.almy at teamalmy.com. Everybody, we'll see y'all next week, motherfuckers. Slimmer Circle 2. Peace. I ain't anti-social. I just think you suck and I ain't gone. Oh, we got a choking, guys. Sorry. So what in luck? Ladies, I'm your man, but no, I ain't gonna stick around because, baby, I got bigger plans. I put on the Old Town Road again. Sweet. Riley will love that. Riley, this is for you, buddy. I like this song. This song slaps. <laughs> and I don't really care. I'm glad if I make you mad. So give me all your hate away your comments on a do-rag. Where I'm a pro- You shut your fucking mouth. Flag. I ain't hit for entertainment. I ain't even hit for payment, but I'm more than glad to take it. So-